0: wellness warriors welcome back this is what makes me well and i'm your host asada jones so every week i get to sit down with a special guest and we discuss all the different aspects of their life that make them well this week i had the pleasure of speaking with dominique whitfield of organic initiative oi for short (laughs) i love doing that (laughs) okay So Organic Initiative, for all the menstruating women out there, is a forward-thinking, certified, organic, feminine hygiene company that I happen to be a really big fan of. So when the opportunity arose to have a chat with one of the minds behind OI, I was like, yeah, absolutely, what do I got to do to make this happen? And it turns out that all I had to do was set up a bi-coastal interview with Dominique, Dominique is a sales executive and a vendor manager for Oi, um, but you know what, I'm going to go ahead and let her explain everything that she does and her role within the company because you guys, I'm probably going to mess it up just like I did the company's name because real talk, I just found out that the company is pronounced Oi and not O-I. That's on me. <laughs> so... Um, Let's do some housekeeping really quickly, and then we'll get to Dominique's interview. Wellness Warriors, if you like this podcast, if you're a fan of it, please rate and review it if you haven't already. Subscribe and follow uh, the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I will read the review and give you some love. Just like I am for Yergy and Drewby from The Misery Machine, they write... This is a great find. We came across you on social media and thought we'd check you out. We're really happy that we did. We're working from home in a smallish city in Maine where there isn't a ton to do right now as the state's basically been shut down for the time being. So interesting and entertaining podcasts are filling the gap and keeping our spirits up. Keep up the great work. We cannot wait to listen more. Aw, thanks, Yurji and Drewby. I appreciate you. All right, moving on to emails. I am collecting emails so I can answer on the podcast. So if you have any questions, concerns about your well-being that you would like to um, reach out and get some advice from me about, email me. I'm at what makes me well at gmail.com. I will read your question anonymously on the podcast and give you some advice. All right, I think that's all I have for you for housekeeping this week. I hope you enjoyed your weekly OM that dropped on Monday. Please check that one out if you haven't already. And um, let me know what you think about the weekly OM pods. I hope they are providing you with inspiration throughout the week. And, um, you know, I hope that it's something that you guys can pull up and listen to when you need inspiration because they are only like three or four minutes long. All right, speaking along, this intro has gone on way too long. Here is my interview with Dom Whitfield. Hi, Dom. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being on the pod.
1: Hey, Asada, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Um, So I am. I'm Dom with OI Organic Initiative, and we are a New Zealand-based feminine hygiene company. And so our goal is to remove plastic from hygiene products starting with feminine hygiene. Um, So we originated about four years ago in New Zealand. We came to the U.S. um, about two years ago, got some national distribution last year, so you can find us um, kind of widely across the states, Walmart, CVS, um, but we make, like you said, 100% certified organic feminine hygiene products. So that means in your products, you're not gonna get pesticides or herbicides synthetic fibers, plastics, uh, wood pulp, and all these things are, are what you can find in your conventional products that's on the shelf right now. Um, so my journey with Oi started about two years ago. And in um, 2018, I turned 26. So that means I fell off my parents' insurance <laughs> and kind of my, my health was now in my own hands. And that's actually when I made the connection with OI and was brought on to help them operationally. And then very quickly, OI became more than a job. It became a lifestyle. I now was learning all of these things that I never knew about the feminine hygiene products I've been using over the course of about 15 years of my life. Yeah. Um, And so... You know 100 percent certified organic cotton and it's going in the warmest most absorbent part of your body this is your personal microwave and so for 15 years i realized i have been cooking toxins and pollutions and this part of my body that controls my hormones that you know i i grew and birthed a baby from and as a black woman we have the highest maternal mortality rate of any race in the country. So it was really important for me um, to learn this about my health and then take the steps that I can to prevent myself from being a situa- in a situation where I'm not going to receive the care I need, but nobody can find this out because we don't know that you know we're poisoning ourselves. Yeah. So my, my work journey very quickly became my, my personal Pause here. <laughs> yeah, Cause here,
0: yeah, because it's so intertwined. We can't like we can't talk about one without talking about the other. Especially right. as a black woman, I completely understand that. So tell me about um, talk to me a little bit about what you do for OI, and I want to know how you're doing it from home now because times are crazy, girl. What is life was <laughs> because I, I know your little your little uh, your little buddy was running around behind you too. So what um. How are you coping in your job at um, at OI now or at home now?
1: <laughs> it's so different because like my role at OI for as long as I've been there is I'm an educator before anything else. So I'm constantly in people's faces, just letting them know um, about these products, the difference in the products that they have and then kind of the effects on your body. And it's so important that it's always right there in your face. So being home has kind of restricted me from having some of that contact. Uh, But doing this is like awesome. (laughs) It's making up for it. (laughs) Exactly. Cause now, you know, I get to touch as many people just saying the speech once versus running my mouth and having no voice the next day. Hmm. (laughs) But so um, home, it's not bad. I know my son now can, uh, Name all three absorbencies of a tampon. Um,
0: I love he's that. Really... No, too yeah, right. my little, I love my that. Baby. Mm-hmm. You know what? Because it is, it is honestly a little bit kind of like disappointing and kind of sad when you see a grown man just like, I don't know anything about menstruation. You're like, oh, come on. Like, that's not even, you're just uneducated. And that's sad. That makes me sad for you but right so good it's on you so mom
1: taboo. I'm like no taboo here it was funny a few months back he was telling me hey mom I learned what a period is a period is a punctuation and it ends a sentence and I'm like yeah buddy you know also is a period a woman gets monthly and she menstruates and he's like yeah period sis I'm like yeah. <laughs> all right he is in here, he loves this, and he's just like, Yeah, let's do this. I get to work with mom, and like the most important thing possible.
0: I love that. Me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we are. So, um your new normal is just balancing work, balancing home, balancing uh, a, a five year old,
1: and homeschooling. So, all of oh, the schools homes- are shut homes. down
0: of course so, uh, not a mother obviously could you tell
1: <laughs> oh no please I mean there's nothing more important than taking care of yourself as well but <laughs> yeah now we we homeschool about four hours a day and yeah. so that uh it stretches my morning a bit it usually starts now about 6 30 versus about 8 eight thirty and then it'll stretch until maybe give or take about five, 6 oh, wow. p.m. and then we sprinkle school in there and I've got whiteboards and, and markers and, and colored pencils on my wall.
0: So this is your new normal for a while, huh? The new
1: normal for a while. The schools will be closed until the fall semester, so. Wow,
0: so it's my you're life, in you're body. in California, right? Yep. Right, I'm in Florida sorry about the beaches um oh. stay home stay safe i Just. know everybody listeners stay home stay safe it's better for everybody in the long run i know we're, we're i know nobody wants to be at home we're tired we're tired of being at home i'm tired too my dogs are tired of being walked they don't like me anymore I, but this is what we have to do <laughs> right <laughs> um, but real talk um so within your new normal, I always like to remember, or within this new normal, I always like to remember that there is always something to look for, or there's always something good, right? I, li- I like to look for the good. So in this segment, I call it the highlight of the week. What was your highlight of the week?
1: Um The highlight of my week was probably doing yoga with the baby.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Call him baby. But I mean, this is the first time we get to have this very close relationship where it's 24 seven. We're together. We're breathing, eating, sleeping aside each other. This hasn't happened since he was an infant. So like this is A very like bonding moment for us. And the other night he hopped up next to me on his mat and he was like, Let's do this. I wanna, I wanna medicate. He meant meditate. (laughs) Meditate. That's
0: so sweet. (laughs) That's so sweet. I love that. I love that. That's a a beautiful highlight. Yeah, I love that. Um, Okay, so what did you do this week to be well? because sometimes your highlight of the week is not what you did to maintain your well-being. For instance, my highlight of the week is that my husband made a rhubarb and cherry pie, and I almost ate that whole thing by myself.
1: That sounds amazing.
0: It, you know. um, So what was your, what did you do this week to be well?
1: (laughs) Um, We've ordered out all week. Mm-hmm. And it was really important for me to not be in overdrive for too long. So between the work and the homeschooling and the cleaning and the laundry and anything else you could think of, it was it was important for me to not keep my plate
0: too cluttered.
1: We have ordered out and it's the best thing that has happened to me.
0: Yes. That's good. I love that. I love to hear that, especially from moms, because I feel like moms put so much pressure on themselves to like literally do it all. Um, and and sometimes we have to do it all, but it's okay to like order out. Like that's okay. The babies will be fine. Right. Try to be as health conscious as possible. But as long as as long as the kid eats, honestly, you're killing it, really. Yeah. Agree. at this point i'm
1: just like okay i think last week he asked for corn for breakfast and that's what he got
0: there you go i mean he's happy that's fine that's great
1: live to see another day god bless
0: exactly
1: happy <laughs> <laughs> happy safe all as well.
0: Exactly, exactly. All right, listeners, I want to know from you what you did this week to be well, and um, tell me your highlights of the week. So let me know on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm at What Makes Me Well, and you can also hashtag What Makes Me Well or WMMW Pod. All right, Dom, let's talk about it. You do a lot. Your plate is. Has gotten even fuller in the last few weeks. So I want to know what is your recipe for wellness?
1: I think my recipe for wellness <clears throat> is um, I come first and I love my child so much and my friends and my family but if i'm not healthy if i'm not happy nobody gets that from me as well and so i come first i take my time to breathe in the morning before i do anything else and i think sometimes i want to do a face mask um sometimes i just want to get up and have coffee on the balcony but what makes me well is i
0: I come first. <laughs> yes. That's beautiful. That's beautiful and and like I mean not I, I don't want to be like too woo woo but like I do not hear that from moms and I never have heard that from a black mom. <laughs> I, I have to like, learn it the hard way. Right. Uh, and okay so and that's my follow up question how did you discover that you absolutely needed to put yourself first, because that is truly the trickle-down effect. I realized probably
1: when the baby was about like a year or so, I had postpartum depression so bad, and nobody told me this. I wasn't surrounded by anybody that was very familiar with this, nor um, other women that had children, because I did have my son at an hour age and so I was so sad
0: can I tell you really quickly um my mother sorry mommy I'm putting you out there but okay my mother told me when I was young that postpartum was a white lady thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) Boricua's Hispanics black women that doesn't exist for us that's a white lady thing they're so fucking (laughs) exagerate
1: no that 's exactly what it is, and so and like I mean infirmity in in black and brown women i mean it is insane. We have the highest rate, and so it's, it's
0: so misunderstood it 's so stigmatized and un, and, and it 's crazy because we are the ones that are most likely to suffer from postpartum exactly. because of all the extenuating circumstances of our lives because of history because of slavery racism i mean lord look at that i think this that was a podcast record it took me about uh, what time stamp what like what 10 minutes in to talk, to bring up racism good lord
1: i mean it comes up in every conversation it's mean, just a matter of when
0: it, the thing is, it's so intertwined. You can't talk about one thing without br- talking about the other and, and it is what it is. And I hope that listeners understand that I'm not being exaggerating or I'm not just being, you know, dramatic. And, um, it, it's just, it's just true. It's just facts. Um, right. so back to your postpartum, how did you navigate that? What, what helped you, um, navigate those waters?
1: Um, I, I just got to the point where it was one night with no sleep and all tears from both he and I that I just, I had to put this baby down and walk away, and took a nap. And he did too, eventually took a nap. And then I realized it was all of my energy that he took from me and then reacted and gave that back to me. And so whenever I could take a moment for myself, I realized that was the best thing that I could do for our relationship and for the environment that we had. And very quickly, it was like night and day. And since that happened, I very rarely even need more than a couple of of minutes by myself to catch my break because it's, I mean, I've come first and he allows this because he knows it's the best thing for him as well that we just, it's in sync and it's a routine. And I'm so thankful for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love that. That's great. That is beautiful. Was that, um, did you go to therapy? Did you read books? Did you have, um, let me specify the question. What, what, or who, um, was your support system through that?
1: Um, so it was definitely a religious relationship. And I would say it was um, I would talk to, you know my grandparents. I would talk to God, I would talk to yeah. things that I felt were comfortable for what I was experiencing at the time. And then it was talking a lot of affirmations into myself, too. Um, because, like I said, around that time, I wasn't friends with too many other young mothers Um, and I was a single mom as well. So it was just kind of, I knew what I needed best. And so I did everything that felt natural. And once I just kind of let my mind take control of this in a healthy way, instead of thinking so negatively, like I'm upset, I'm tired, I'm this, it's like, you know, I'm so blessed. We still have this house. We have our, our health, you know, taking a nap is the best thing that's ever happened because some people are so traumatized from other situations. They can't close their eyes and rest that I started looking at things in a positive way that just naturally things just went that course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love what you said that some people are so traumatized that they can't close their eyes and rest. Like, oh, that needs to be stitched and like hung up on the wall because that is so true. I know a lot of people that, that are just, that they, they need so much extra to be able to come to center and rest and be at peace within themselves. um, That, that they, their energy is definitely felt in the world as they move. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that, that's the nicest thing I to say. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, how do you maintain your well-being now?
1: Um, I do my best to keep my peace. I have um, an amazing support system. Uh, my parents are like the best things ever fortunately enough for me they're they're pretty close so i see my parents almost every day That's good. and they're you know this strong black family and so here i have my young black son and my partner and so i go there and i feel peace and i see the future and so that keeps me very emotionally healthy and happy it's like the best example and I have a great job that is important to like me and the cause that kind of has just been created by the lack of support and education. Um, so I mean, that's something that keeps me very like humble and happy, um, and, and Great friends, great partner, a happy, healthy, beautiful child—that all of this just makes me just so happy and comfortable and well with my life. Yeah, I want nothing more.
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's lovely. My um, a very dear friend of mine taught me the word "satiated," and that means when you have no want when like everything is satisfied, when you have no desire, you're like, everything is good right here. I don't want anything more. I don't want anything less. I am satiated. And I was like, oh, that's a good word. Like words are so good. Words mean things. That's
1: so powerful. I felt that. <laughs> you're,
0: right. you're satiated. I love that. That's wonderful. That's a beautiful that, place to yeah. be
1: that's where I'm at, and, and everything comes as needed and goes as needed, that life is, is comfortable for me.
0: That's good. I, I'm a big believer that um, service is a, is a big part of wellness and a part of well-being. Like, you know, when they say, like, if you're stuck in your head and you're beating yourself up about your life, serve. Do something for others. Right. Um, so I want to talk about how you serve within your job. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, for okay. sure. Um, let's see. I feel, I know I serve. Um, so I do a lot of in-person communication and education. I go to, to colleges. I go to trade shows. Um, talk to people inside of stores, in front of stores. Um, and it's always such a, a satisfying feeling when I kind of let people know about their, you know, vaginal health and their menstruation cycle and, and then all of the components that come with it. And they have no idea. Their mind is blown and they engage back. They want to know more. I end up having these long, long talks. And like I said, nobody quite understands the pollution that goes into our bodies. We mm-hmm. menstruate on average of about four thirty-five 35 years. And so on average, that's about 11,000 units of feminine hygiene product in your life. Wow. And it's, those 11,000 units of those high products, if you're not using full organic, not just the cotton cover, not just the core, both together, if you're not using these, you have polluted and contaminated your body thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And then you wonder why, as women, we have thyroid issues. Hey, I cramp really bad. Is that a chemical yes. cramp or is that a real natural cramp? Is my body trying to get rid of something? Is it trying to tell me something? I'm, I'm bleeding longer than than I should. My friends say that they only bleed for three days, but I bleed for 14 days and and so on. All of these things that we don't realize comes directly from our, our vaginal health. Yeah. And by letting these women know exactly what that problem is or, hey, I mean, <clears throat> there are tons of, of issues why women cannot have kids and it is so unfortunate. and as much as some women really just want this experience in life, sometimes, if you didn't know that this was a situation, if you're putting <clears throat> cotton that's sprayed with pesticides directly into your body and cooking it for you know 40 hours a week every month for 30 years, that might be a contributing factor. And then go ahead and, and, and let's cleanse this health and let's start over. And then maybe things change in the future. But without this education, you never know how to help yourself yeah and i think it's the most important thing and then again especially to these black women that are overlooked in the healthcare system and people don't take any of our symptoms too serious or they dismiss them because you think that somebody's going after you know just drugs or um, yep. attention and it's we have to make that extra step to know that these things exist and i want to make sure that it's coming from a source that you trust as well. Me, another black woman. I know this, I feel this, I actively implement this into my, my monthly cycle and to my routine and to all of my friends. And so I think that, that that's the most important thing. And that makes me so happy knowing that this is my job.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's how you serve. You educate yeah. and you give women a, a choice
1: because if you right. don't
0: know you don't have a choice and like um hi i'm a big believer in choices and like not to get too topical and like or anything but i am i feel like it, you just just educate yourself so you can be empowered to make the right choice for you and that's that's what's important I and mean, for myself i didn't know anything about at least for feminine for feminine hygiene products i didn't know anything I just kind of went with whatever my mom told me to use and um you know I thought cramps were cramps and I had my own issues with you know my body um but there there was something you said earlier does it like there's something it feels like your body's trying to reject something and there was a while I was using a particular brand Kotex and um <laughs> it's fine it's fine um <laughs> But, um, I was using that brand and I would get the worst cramps that did not feel the same, like, uh, didn't feel the same type of cramps that I was kind of used to. And I was like, what the heck? And then there's like a moment, like not to be too graphic, but there's a moment when you remove the, the tampon and you're like, oh, why do I feel like? Really? Yeah. Like I feel like my body's leveling out a little bit. Like, I don't know. It was, it was a very strange feeling, but I just decided, like, I decided like, I'm not going to buy that, that particular product anymore. I wasn't quite, I didn't quite put the pieces together that maybe there is something in these products that is also present in other products that, that I use that, that I was using at the time. I just thought like, oh, I'll just try something else. Like maybe it was a, a size thing or maybe it was like the absorbency or, or something. Right. Like you create stories in your head because you don't have the information for the, to, to, to come to terms with the actual fact. So right. I remember once I started using um, organic products, it was great. It was night everything. and day. It was night and day. I was like, oh, okay, these are cramps that I can handle. This is this is pain that I I, I know that it is natural. I, I know that it is not coming from any external product. I'm not getting these weird, um, these weird like rashes. Like like why why does this happen when I use this particular panty liner? That's right. weird. Anyway, maybe At it was the laundry I used. Right. Or the laundry, you know, you're just making all these things up. I'm like, it's the detergent. It's this. It's that. It's like right. no, it, it's in the product. It's it's the toxic thing that you're putting on your vagina.
1: <laughs> right, which is the most important thing because this information isn't readily available. You know, companies yeah. aren't required to list ingredients of their feminine hygiene products on the box, even though these have to be FDA approved. These are medical devices. That's wild. yet there's no control. The Right. And so nobody knows. There's no effects um, that they say other than toxic shock syndrome, but, but we, we know, which is why we buy organic food. So if I put it in one way and it should be organic, why is nobody telling me the other way needs to be treated just the same?
0: Yeah, that is a very good point. Oh my God, that is such a good point. I mean, reducing it down to one way and the other way. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. We got it. Yeah, yeah 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 I love I love that um your service also aligns with with your job, your occupation, and you know yes. how you make your money because you know again, I think financial health, financial wellness is also a big part of it and I, that's that's beautiful that one thing can serve the other, can serve the other. Everything is in alignment for you and I think that's really lovely. That's really right. lovely. And that's the only way that you kind
1: of get this, like, eternal, complete, like, peace. Everything blends so well, and it works so perfect for me that I know that, you know, I'm doing, serving the right thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So talk to me about your support systems a little bit more. Um, Talk to me about, you know, your family. Um, Have you guys always had that mutual support system? Um, I come from
1: separated parents, so born and raised in two different households. Um, It was definitely, you know, A daddy's girl and my mom, who's my stepmom, has been in the picture since I was, you know, two or three years old. Um, And they're amazing. So I get to watch over the course of 25 years, been married for 25 years, this like beautiful black family grow and raise us. And so watching that like has made me a very strong and also independent woman because I mean just a good country dad is like hey let's do this and let's let's change your oil yes, and let's, you just, yeah put on a new tire and so he is like dads of all dads and my mom is some incredible banking executive and so watching this woman through my life just reach the ranks and and corporate finance was like mind blowing considering 20 years ago, this wasn't extremely common for a a black person, let alone a black woman. Woman. Yes. This was like incredible. And then watching her get her MBA. So like they have instilled so much, uh, independence and, and I guess, um, trust that like, Hey, you can do it. Like trust yourself trust in the process, trust in your path that you will get where you want to go if you just keep doing your thing. And, and that has set me up to be awesome. And then I I get to relay that on my child who's also like the best support system. He's every day, mom, you're the best. You make the best cereal. Oh, mom, you drive the best. He's like, this little amazing yeah. cheerleader, and I feel like I almost need him more than he needs me. He's like, <laughs> but I'm like his superhero, but that is, it's so important for me yeah. to have because now that keeps me going. Yeah. And then I have so like this, you know, beautiful partner who. You know, came in the picture and he's like, Oh, this goofy, wild ass family that I get to just (laughs) be a part of and like watch grow and love and supports me through all of my ridiculous ideas. And as my travel buddy, we've gone to, I think now it's like eight countries in the past two years. Wow, that's awesome quarantine and and then my incredible friends who you know love me through everything come over check on me text me have my location so when I sometimes just you know want to be down and out they they pop up on me
0: and they're and like no hi show up like just making sure
1: you're good let's see this face I brought wine <laughs>
0: that's awesome I love that you gotta have friends that will will support you and gather in like gather for you rally for you right Um, i want to i want to talk about oh there's so many things i want to talk about hold on let's let's stay on the on the friendship thing have you watched insecure do you watch insecure i love insecure okay how do you feel about molly we need to talk about this did you do you think that molly's being a bad friend and if you do did you always know that molly was a bad friend I don't
1: think that either one of them, like I'm talking to say Isa and Molly, I don't think either one of them are bad friends. I think they're on different frequencies and they're not communicating with each other very well. And you internalize certain feelings and sometimes you want to break, you want to go breathe and do things. And I don't think either one of them are communicating that to each other
0: you're so generous. You're so generous. What about, <laughs> because, because for me, I'm like, I, I'm like, Molly is really jealous. Like she's very jealous that Isa is actually successful. And that calls into question for me, the whole entire friendship, because it's like, well, bitch, were you only on my side when I was less successful than you are, is that real friendship? Questions that need answered, help me, help me. I'm
1: always the person that just tries to look at like (laughs) the best possible outcome. That's how I kind of keep this whole thing going. That I'm like, hey, maybe she just wants more and she knows that you're in this very odd situation that things aren't really adding up. To be the best for you, but you're trying to be on this the, the best path that you're gonna hinder yourself somewhere. So instead of getting going the right way and then hitting a roadblock, let's just restart and like do it again with better terms, better not connections because you need what you need, but if you communicate these things with each other without letting someone take it as a fence, because I could feel that so many things are out of hate and in turn, I'm just misinterpreting somebody's intention.
0: Oh, I know. I'm awful. No, no. That is like (laughs) so evolved. Yeah, no, I love that. See, uh, here's, here's a little secret about me. I... There's a there's a good part of me that's like everybody's wonderful, everybody every everyone wants the best for each other, and I truly believe in my heart of hearts we are good. And then there's the other part of me that's like no, everyone's kind of trash, Asada, like just a little bit trash, just a little bit trash.
1: And so, so, that's always my first thought. Okay, my first thought is like no, you're so awful. But before I can convince myself to catch right. an inaccurate opinion, I will then go through every possible scenario because, I mean, I've learned this in my, my relationship now that, hey, we interpret things so differently and we communicate very differently that we hit a wall. And so if I take a step back instead of, you know, blowing up on you, because of something that you didn't know that you didn't take into account. You were doing it wrong. It would make me feel any way, or it wasn't that at all. I left my thoughts to myself for too long. And I, I made this very dramatic scenario and then reacted on this fake
0: thing in my head. <laughs> Listeners, I'm brushing the, the, not exist, the non-existent yes, hair I'm behind my ear. <laughs> <laughs> No hair. I'm bald. Okay. Um, you're absolutely right. No, you are absolutely right. And, and, and a lot of the times it's just us projecting our stuff onto somebody else because we've misinterpreted some, um, for some reason. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. And then, you know, I
1: always take it back to race. And as a Black woman, now, I mean, it's common now to have, like, a therapist and so on. But then you want to dig into, like, generational issues. And you're not going to really talk about your homegirl to your therapist. So you're still missing out on all of these other, you know, communication
0: keys that you need. Yes. I mean, you're so, you're absolutely right. I've been in therapy for my whole life no um for like almost almost 10 years now and like on and off and you know doing self-work and and group work and all that stuff um and it's only just now that I'm unpacking how I move in my friendships based on the things that I've learned from my family and Guess what? If the things you learn from your family are a little bit skewed, then how you move in your friendships could be a little bit askewed too. And it was, um, it's, it's been very eye-opening. And so I find it very just kind of timing that Insecure has come out with the, with like this new season, and like I feel like that's the topic that they're going into. And right. and I know, I know nobody really, nobody that I know. Has had conversations about like friendship breakups and things like that, um, and I've had like two in like the last three years, and I feel like that's all I can talk about. Like I've been with my my husband for fifteen years, and that's a you know we've have a very secure relationship. So the insecurity comes in the form of friendships. I'm learning, and. <laughs> I'm learning Um, so when I when I do break up with someone or a friendship ends where and I thought I was like oh this is a lifetime friendship and they're just like no girl it's a big deal for me it's a breakup for me and I'm just now figuring out why and it's pretty fascinating it's like oh wow I do that that's wild that's I do that because of that whoa good to know good to know (laughs) <laughs> good to know. <laughs> no, I feel that.
1: Well, like because I put myself in the situation where I I try to absorb everything around me so then I could almost mirror your kind of uh, reaction to things, the way that yes. you like to speak and so on. So my friends teach me so much about myself and how to be a friend to them and I have to take just the good stuff. Like I have a friend came in. Which I'm gonna make her watch this so she gets this. Hey girl, hey. And we were talking a few weeks ago, maybe two months ago, because of COVID. And she sat there and she listened. And you know, sometimes your friends are like, Oh, girl, I feel that too, or ooh, let me tell you this in the middle of a story. She I could tell she wanted to say something, but she completely waited until I was done speaking even though I had changed topics and then she had went back to the topic that she wanted to comment on or like say a funny joke but she was so patient and cared so much about not you know making the top or the conversation all about her and like I picked up on that that she's one of the strongest friendships that I have because Mm -hmm. I know how to listen and then I make sure I do my best or she knows how to listen I make sure I do my best to give that in return. Yeah. And so, like, I realize my my friends teach me so much, and then I phase out the ones that don't really, like, not benefit me, but aren't benefiting themselves, so there's nothing I could do with that friendship. You know, they're not interested in much. So there's not much I could give you of myself that would help better your life or anything, so I'm here if you need me, but you're just not
0: Whew. up here. I know exactly yes yes and yes i know exactly what you're talking about and it's and it's almost a little bit for me i would imagine that it's that it's what it feels like when you date a guy that's like so-so
1: he's not great
0: he's not bad he's so-so so it's like oh i guess i break up with him even though there's nothing wrong with him but he's just not <laughs> he doesn't want to be leveled up. I don't, I, I can't, he doesn't want me to, there's no way I can help him level up. He doesn't want to be leveled up. So right. Well, I guess We break up. So that's how, that's how I feel with, with friends like that, where it's just like, Oh, I guess you're, this is where you are. Okay, cool. Well, do you want to, do you want to like, do you, you don't want to go. go? Okay. That's cool. You don't <laughs> want to Nope. Right, okay. That's fine um all right well i guess i'll text you later yeah
1: well it's anything too even if we don't share a similar interest i will support you so much have something that you're passionate about something that you like it could be maybe against not against something that i don't stand for but it just may not be something that i ever thought about or have an interest in but if if you care if you like it if it's a passion of yours I will support it. I will support you. But if you just have no interest in much, Mm -hmm. just kind of existing, I can't help you and you can't help me either. Uh, But that's still removing our energies and attention from other things into something that's just kind of (laughs)
0: that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that is so, that is so real. That is so real. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe that's just it. Maybe Molly and Issa are just, you know, growing apart. They're at a point where they can't help each other anymore. I don't know. That's It's, I'm, I know I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, but I've, I'm just, I'm asking everyone because I'm so curious to know what they think about that storyline, what they think about friendship, breakups, and Because again, that's not something that we talk about, especially women. We don't talk about it, and it's always like it always has to blow up into something scandalous, almost like like it always has to be beef or drama. It's like why can't you just like grow apart and it be peaceful and they go their way, you go your way, and 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 it's and it's Namaste (laughs) and it's Namaste, but but we don't have to hate each other. Moving, we don't have to hate each other moving forward. Yeah, that's, I think that's that, that's that communication
1: piece. Like what I get from Molly is, hey, if you can't even communicate with this man and just be up front with him initially, somebody has to tell you, just tell him you like him. Just tell him this. You all obviously understand that she has this communication issue and she comes off a little abrasive sometimes and or condescending or however somebody may take it. Can kind of tell that's not really her intentions because she's kind of baffled by the responses that she gets that she's not aware of of her actions of, or her tones or how somebody else is taking this in
0: the way she looks at Condola when she grabbed the menu that little side <laughs> eye in that last episode I was like oh my god Molly
1: <laughs> I mean so awkward I think so I might be one of those people that's just like are you doing this?
0: Are we, t- are we really? Oh, we're, th- we're a threesome now? Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but like just such odd situations here. Yeah, no, I, I will say I was talking with somebody that mentioned that maybe Molly just knows that the Issa and Condola friendship is like just a situational friendship and isn't really going to be able to play out long-term. And she's just like, why are we wasting our time? And I, I was so like, that. oh, that's a, that's a really good point. Maybe she's just, just, maybe it's not like straight up jealousy. Maybe it's just like, are we really gonna do this whole, th- okay, girl, like, our you know.
1: Lack of interest. She's gonna come and go. Lauren's already said, uh, can you not talk about me? Can you not do this? If they get serious, what woman doesn't talk about her relationship with a friend? So it's either she's going to be upset because her and Lawrence talked behind her back, and it's going to be this drama that blows up, and then Molly's like, see, I already told you, or, (laughs) I mean, they're just going to fade out, and then Molly's going to say, see, I told you.
0: You're right. You're so right. You're right. You're right. Oh, my God. I'm team Molly again. Wow. That was amazing. Thank you so much, Dom. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I've got some checks to, to cash, wow, okay. I,
1: but I mean, she could also just say that too, so.
0: <laughs> there's that, there's that, okay. yeah. Um, okay, so I, um, I wanted to talk about your family again, and I wanted to ask, do you think that because your family was so supportive, because your family had that level of trust in you, that that enabled you to become a mother so young? Like you were like, okay, I, I can do this. Absolutely not.
1: Oh, absolutely
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay. I mean, I trusted, I trusted myself yeah. uh, because it was just me. I wasn't responsible for anybody and nobody else relied on me. I could kind of do what I want. And I like trusted, I would, I would either be fine or I wouldn't and I was fine with whatever the outcomes were I would skydive I would ride motorcycles I mean I just did the most I lived yeah fun it was fun and wild and I I got pregnant and I was terrified and then all of a sudden it was a different
0: game but when you but when you were pregnant was there ever a moment where you were like like, oh, okay, I can do this, like, you were like, game hey, uh, on, or not yeah. even, not even when you were pregnant, but, like, labor, labor gave it to me, kind of, oh, yeah, that, like, game on raw.
1: instinct, it took that long, it was, it was game on, I was scheduled for, for this is how ready I was to be done being pregnant, I, I did not like it, I did not enjoy it, it hurt, it was, Completely different from the experiences, you know, other people talked about, a sister talked about, it was not at all.
0: You weren't glowing. It wasn't just the sweat.
1: (laughs) No, it it hurt. And I gained, I think it was like 10 pounds my entire pregnancy. So I was really tight Mm. and the baby was like in my body cavity I had. Panic attacks and anxiety because I couldn't breathe. I mean, it wasn't magical. I did not enjoy it. Yeah. And I was also just terrified of what was to come if this magical experience everybody said it was, is turning into, like was a horror story the entire yeah. time. So I was worried. And then, I mean, just game on one night I was, was eating and I was like, this doesn't feel great. And so lo and behold, I was in, I was in labor and I was like, okay, fine. I went to the hospital. (laughs) I didn't know what it was and I didn't want to be dramatic. You know, I don't want to. Oh my
0: God, that's such a black woman thing. You don't want to be a problem.
1: I don't want to be a problem. So I was like, okay, well, I might be in labor. This might be a thing. Can somebody help me out? And I did, I went to the hospital. And because my water didn't break, they had me sitting in the waiting room in labor for about an hour. What the fuck? Yeah. So I was just on the maternity ward, just chilling in labor. It sucked so bad. Finally, my water broke. And then it was like game on, but I got so sick. They pushed Pitocin, even though I was like only in active labor for about 45 minutes. Um, and I was already dilating on my own. They they pushed the Pitocin. It made me sick. The mm. baby and I both crashed. I was in um, kind of like a critical state for about four hours before they decided they would do a crash C-section. And so they they wheeled me off to the operating room. Um, somebody grabbed my hand and, and signed the form on the way to the operating room. Just, you have to sign this in order for us to do a... Uh, this surgery what? and so um my c-section took about an hour and 20 minutes when the average c-section is about 30 minutes and so it was it was painful it was terrifying i was like completely traumatized at the situation
0: oh my goodness uh why um <laughs> sorry why did was there a complication during the c-section or did it just take that long
1: so it turned out um there was no obgyn in the hospital that med students performed my c-section so students took cut my body open and took my son and then about an hour later or so my OBGYN arrived to the hospital and stitched me up and then that was the end
0: and this is why we need to educate people about our health our reproductive health about our options because shit like this Mm -hmm. I
1: was 22 years old and should have how right there before I even made it to the operating room I'm so blessed that you know, my, my son, I didn't lose my son. Yeah. Heart rate was so low for about three hours that they just thought they were going to just take him out. Not that I was like actually giving birth because at that point it was okay, let's make sure we save mom here. You know, they're, they're crashed. So that was my experience. And and then it got, it got real.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's when the fight or flight kicked in. That's yeah. when you were like, "Okay, so what? What, what what was that?" I'm gonna say, "What was that like?" But what were you thinking while you were going through that? Were you thinking while you were going through that? Oh yeah, I thought I was gonna die,
1: and so I just sat there and I was like, just praying. And I'm like, "Okay, I I just I hope my parents take the baby. I hope they raise him like." Hopefully he is fine as well. But like, Mm -hmm. I just figured that that was going to be the end of it. It was the most terrifying and painful experience. And I swore I felt it. That was awful. But then after I was so happy to get the hell out of the hospital, I immediately about like, maybe not immediately, two hours after my, my surgery, I like forced the anesthesia off I went walking I went to go see the baby Tom. And the oh <laughs> I did I got up and I moved and within two days I went back home and I went home and I began raising this little baby yeah by myself like got it
0: so I I mean, you're saying that your family, your family's life, or excuse me, your family's support of you didn't influence you, but it kind of sounds like it did because the second you were able to shake it off, you were like, all right, let me get out of here because you mofos are not thinking about me with the, <laughs> with the foresight that I need you to think about me and my child in. Right. Well,
1: initially, cause it wasn't like, uh-huh. Oh, I got pregnant because I knew I could do this. It was the situation I was in and I was, I questioned myself the whole way through and I had no yeah. idea this was going to be something that I was going to be successful at or like wanted to do. I mean, that sounds, that sounds bad, but a lot of people end up in that situation where they're just like, okay, but it is really what I want. Yeah. Do I want to give my life to this? And then that's how I later found that balance between I am a mom, but a mom is not my life. I'm a, I'm a woman before I'm anything else. And then I am a mother. And then I am a lover. And then I am a friend. Yeah. But I am this woman. And I, I found that, that balance. But I think that balance came from what my family instilled in me because then that was that trust. I had to trust yeah. that piece. I had to yeah. trust that that's what I felt and that was right. It was.
0: That's and awesome. Me. That's beautiful. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that. And I love I love how it just it, it paints a really beautiful example of how with a good support system something like getting pregnant young being you know getting pregnant unexpectedly at whatever age um it isn't going to be the end all be all um that's awesome that's lovely i want to talk about um i have a segment it's one of my favorite it's my favorite segment it's called the best breakup so i think that I'm sure you can tell by now. I think that breaking up with someone, breaking up with people are kind of big things in life. And, um, you know, we're not supposed to keep people around in our in our lives forever. Um, and I feel also the same thing goes for thoughts, theories, um, you know, whatever. So this segment is called The Best Breakup because I want to know, what the best breakup was for you. If It it could be a romantic breakup, a platonic breakup. It could be a breakup with a job, a theory, whatever.
1: Hmm. Um, Is it the best breakup in a healthy way or the best breakup in a hilarious way?
0: (laughs) Oh, I will take both, actually.
1: (laughs) I will take both. (laughs) Um... Probably the funniest way in in high school, I had this high school sweetheart I had dated for about four years or so. And so I moved away to Colorado to go to college because that's where he was going to school. And so things just ended up not working out for us. I, I left Colorado and, and came back home to California. And we never spoke again. I mean, he came, he got his stuff and that was it. And it was like, it was a little sad. We just decided it just wasn't yeah. gonna work. That was it. So he came, got his things. It was very nice and, and cordial. And I moved back home, but I was so incomplete with how things went that um i called his phone i used his voicemail password and i changed his voicemail <laughs> <from 40>. <laughs> <laughs> that's great and, then that was it, and that was the last i ever talked to him again but that gave me so much closure that that's probably my favorite breakup <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that that's good okay so go what was your like the healthiest breakup that you've had with anything with anything with anything the
1: healthiest break (gasps) with my son's hair oh wow
0: it was so sad what is it about again not a mother never have kids never had kids um i know that there's something about the the, the hair, like your baby's hair. Why, why don't you want to cut your son's hair? What's happening? I have a nephew whose like, hair is down to his back. I'm like, can we do something with the hair? She puts it in pigtails and it's like up in a bun. And it's like, it. <laughs> it's
1: crazy. No, it's like their lifeline. It's their connection to the universe. It is the healthiest, most virgin
0: part of
1: a child. And so it's. You're so, talking to somebody
0: who has a buzz cut.
1: You're going to have to explain this to me. <laughs> for a child, for a child, you're born. There is nothing vile, ill about you. You are the most angelic, you That's know, true. Yeah. organic thing that I possibly could have. And then it's your hair, it represents. I mean so much, which is why as black women our hair is so defined and so many different things. It represents right. so much whether you have it or you don't. You're it's, so right. It's just about your hair. And so he's he's my baby. And his hair was so beautiful, and I took care of it and I loved this. It was a part of him. And he decided he wanted to cut it. And not cut it a lot. He just he wanted it cut and so he went and he took scissors
0: oh he did it himself
1: and he cut the top of his hair just like this in the middle and left a patch and now mind you he had this big beautiful you know no. curly afro and i thought <laughs> that i was going to take it a lot worse than i did and i did end up taking him to go get a haircut that night and i i took it very very well. It's the healthiest breakup I could have possibly done. Wow, considering my feelings.
0: You know, I I don't want to make light of this because this is a very this is a very it's deep. It is deep, but I think it's so sweet that your that hair on your like your baby's hair is just like so precious. I love that. I love that. Um, okay, so my follow up question to that is how do you think that breakup has affected your overall well well well-being and what did you learn from that I mean I know you were talking about how did it or did it make you reflect on how you felt about hair as a black woman
1: so it actually did that exact thing and then after that I ended up going natural so probably for about seven years eight years or so I've been wearing weaves love weaves. I hate doing my hair because it's, it's so difficult. It's so thick. It costs so much money to buy all the hair products to put in my hair, how oily and fast our hair, you know, it's, it was much. So it was, it was weaves and extensions for me for, I mean, over half of a decade. Um, And then after that, it kind of made me realize how important it was for me to show him That like our hair is beautiful. It's not something to get rid of, and because he's just like it's just it's in the way. It hurts when you do it, you know. It's tender headed, and I'm like I get that, but it did. It made me realize I needed to to show and tell instead of just telling and him doing this by himself. And so I let him comb my hair. We'll we'll get in the shower and wash our hair together. We've made this now part of of our relationship.
0: Yeah, I am um, I was raised by a Puerto Rican woman. My mom's Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. I don't yeah. know why I said it that way. That was weird. Anyway, my mom is Puerto Rican. Um her hair texture is so different than mine. But then also she's a tomboy. She never did anything with her hair. It was either in a big Afro. She actually got kicked out of her church because she had an Afro. And I'm like, fuck yeah, mom. <laughs> um, was like, kind of like really proud of her for that. <laughs> right. Um, but, um, so when she didn't have an Afro, she had like that, um, you know, the kid and play high cut for a while because eighties. And then it was just, um, blo- then it was just the blow dry. So I grew up in the blow dry, flat iron, relax hair, and then pull it in a ponytail, because again, my mom's a tomboy, so she didn't learn how to style hair. But as I got older, I wanted to do my hair, and she wanted to, she'd be like, oh, do your hair. It looks wild, it looks crazy, but it was also, it was one of those things where she was telling, but she wasn't showing, mainly because she didn't know how but I love that you are conscious of that and you're like, okay, I need to not just tell him I need to show him. And when he took it upon himself to cut his hair, you weren't just like, wow, ah, what were you doing? And then berate him for it. You kind of step, you stepped back and you saw like, oh, well, this is how we got here. Cause I never showed him how to appreciate his hair because I never appreciated my hair. Right. Yeah. That's, that's Really good. I want you to be my mom. Um, <laughs> anyway, I um, got weird.
1: You have so much fun, trust me. You're so much fun. But can I have you as an adult because taco Tuesdays are really fun nights in the house? I would love to. That would be great.
0: <laughs> I love this. Okay, so um we're I want to move on to our palette cleanser and um wrap this up a little bit. Um, I want to talk about any books, any recommendations that you have for Black women, for women of color um, to have as resources for our feminine health? Ooh, Or even like maybe bu- um, books or websites or just any resource?
1: It's so hard because there's not much available. And like one of you know, our big task at OI is we need to continue to expand our marketing and make it more inclusive. Hey, there aren't these resources and there aren't targeted resources at that, that there needs to be an entire platform and opportunity um, for women of color because, and it's not just black women and, and it's the Latinos, it's the Afro Latinos, yes. it's your Middle Easterns, it's some of your, your Asians, your Cambodians who are of darker complexion and so on. It's, it's, we all are, are treated not the best. We are not a top priority and we are overlooked a lot. And so we are making an effort to make sure that we can start touching those people. Um, so unfortunately nothing now, but, Soon in the future, I plan on having, um, you know, a big sister, little sister mentor programs through the, the high schools and middle schools that, that, you know, we can come together. We can discuss our health. Hey, this is the time you do get your period. So ask me questions. How to use a tampon? I was taught to only use tampons, but not taught how to use them. So I would put a tampon in my underwear and bleed on it until I figured out how to insert it into my vagina and nobody to really
0: ask. Things <laughs> like that are so important and and I you know what I was like I'm not going to talk about this but I'm going to talk about this. I have always been like a little advocate for female rights and like you know just female reproductive knowledge. I don't know where i've got it from i don't know where it came from but i've always been a little pro-choice your body your choice you should know what your vagina looks like before anybody does anybody else does type of person and my best friend i love you jen don't be mad that i'm telling the story um there was a time where we were fully in high school but it just came to um my knowledge that she did not know what and where a clitoris was and and you're pointing at yourself got it Um, so that was wild to me and i that day when we got home from school i shoved her in her bathroom and i gave her a hand mirror and i was like go Look at your vagina. And she was like, no, I cannot. She was horrified and so mad. But like I physically like blockade the door and she said she did it. I don't know if she did. But (laughs) I mean, I mean, truly, but I was just like, like, honestly, I got, listen, real talk, we're working on this in therapy, but like I was, I'm gonna lead this horse to water and it's gonna drink. She's <laughs> gonna know. <laughs> She's gonna know what her body looks like. Cause I will be damned if my best friend, I don't know, let's, I don't, I just, I just didn't want that for the person that I cared for so deeply. And for me, it was for me, it's always been important to know my body and have autonomy of my body. And I just I didn't. I don't know. I've I've just always been that friend, and I think back about the times where I drove, driven my friends to Planned Parenthood when we were in high school, like multiple friends, and I was like, oh, I. Re- and I think back in the I got my period when I was nine, so I got it very early. Wow. Yes, when I was nine. Um, thanks, Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I. I was the one telling all of my friends in school about what a period is, what pads were and how you use them. I remember they were asking me all these questions and I was like, gather around girls. Let me tell you what this crazy shit is. (laughs) But yeah, um, it's, it's important. And it's like, it's really, um, I don't know. I've always been that rah, rah, know your body (laughs) girl. That's how I am now. That's
1: exactly how I am. I am like the person, especially because we sell menstrual cups, and I'm a cup user. I've been a cup user for so long, and I'm so graphic. And I'm like, this is how you do it. Do you want me to do it for you? Do you want me to record this? And like, (laughs) friends are like, maybe I'm that person now. But you know, way back when, I didn't get my period until I was 15. I was in Costa Rica with my father at the time that I got my period. And so there was nothing readily available. I wasn't going to talk to my father
0: no, absolutely
1: about not. a period. And then I really couldn't ask anybody else in town to just sit down and discuss with me a menstrual cycle. And so for the longest, I just was trying to figure it out. And I was so embarrassed that I was so old and this was my first period I ever had,
0: well, then I wasn't, I wasn't asking him. Right. Right. Cause yeah. Cause at this point you should already know somehow, even though nobody told you about it. Right. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> I, and I, I think, I think the most important thing is just the the sharing and educating and it, and it just, it, it, it reminds me how much or how important it is that we, Talk to girls. We talk to fe- uh, women about these things because nobody else is gonna like. They're not helping us. <laughs> they're not and helping us. Comfortable women, because then you still
1: have women that won't refer to their vaginas as a vagina. I don't use a pet name for it. This is in. An- organ this is a body part it's my
0: it's my vagina
1: you and mean it's not a
0: it's not a titsy or a or a front a or a nature's yeah. pocket the front button is what is another one that i've heard where i'm like the front button that doesn't even make any sense the front button so which leads me to believe she calls the back part the back button so Stop it. It. no i <laughs>
1: But it's so important though that you get an open minded woman and a comfortable woman to discuss these things because it's so easy to turn a period into like a negative awkward discussion. It now becomes bad and it's it's taboo when it's yeah. it's not it's just like, hey, you shouldn't drink a lot of liquor because it's gonna ruin your liver. Hey, you shouldn't smoke because it's gonna ruin your lungs. Hey, you should wear sunscreen because you can get sun cancer, but never, hey, let's not, you know, shove douches and chemicals up your vaginas. Let's not shove toxins and pesticides and actual wood pulp up our vaginas. And then also what question? <laughs> wood pulp. Jesus. Christ. Wood pulp. You can open up a pad right now and 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 look at the contents inside of it and it'll be shiny and then you could see little uh glimmers of wood pulp.
0: Wow. That sits
1: up against the warmest most absorbent part
0: of your body. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm wondering why I have like a random rash. Like what is this? This is so crazy. Right? Must be the laundry detergent. No, girl, it's the pulp. It's the wood pulp and the the pesticides. (laughs) Right.
1: It's like the pesticides. Like, yeah, you know how they say you should wash your fruits when you get home because they spray them. Can you wash a tampon before you put it in
0: your body? Yeah. Yeah. So, you, Mm. I mean, I know. Oh, my goodness. Dom, I... I thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I feel validated because I know these things and it just feels so good to, to talk with somebody who is like, no, yeah, this is crazy. And I, I work in the business. It's fucking wild.
1: <laughs> in, in the business. This is a business. Fashional yeah. business
0: here. It's, it is. It's a vaginal business and it's important business. And dare, dare I say it, the most important business. I mean, we are the life bringers. So literally just, just saying, um, let me let you go. You are busy. you got to work. You got a kid. He's adorable by the way. He's beautiful. <sighs>
1: He's okay.
0: <laughs> I love him. That's,
1: that's my guy. My ride or die.
0: <laughs> Dom, um, where can people find you if you want to be found and let people know, um, where again, remind people where they can find, um, OI products.
1: Awesome. Um, so you guys can f- f- oi, you can uh, find me on Instagram. I'm at DOMS D-O-M-Z-Z-S. <laughs> um, love it, love it. And then you can uh, you can find Oi as well as Oi Girl, which is our um, adolescent organic feminine hygiene line. So for younger girls who are bleeding with smaller underwear, um, they're fit for them. Um, you can find us at Walmart, Walmart.com, CVS, um, HEB if you're local to Texas, Legmans in the Upper Northeast, and Amazon.
0: Awesome. Um, hey, Oi ships products, don't they?
1: Yes. Uh, you can catch us at www.oyforme.com. All of your orders uh, will come with free shipping. Amazon Prime, Walmart.com.
0: Awesome! I just got my box uh, this morning, so I'm I was like really excited. I made an unboxing video and everything. So um, go onto my Instagram, onto the podcast Instagram, and check that out. And you can see all of the products that um, that they have, and in the cute packaging and everything. I know I appreciate it, um, and I really love that everything in the packaging is uh, biodegradable and recyclable. Like that was so awesome. I was like, yes, that's so good. It makes me feel so good about shipping. It makes me feel good about, in a a way, it makes me feel good about menstruating because it's like, oh, it's not, I don't feel like I'm taxing the environment. Um, Exactly. That's nice. All right. Well, Dom, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. I hope you have a wonderful week, Dom. Thank you for sharing your journey with me.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. You're amazing. So once we're off. quarantine we got to get you over here so you can take you out
0: (laughs) i would love it i've never been to california let's travel (laughs) no you would love it okay (laughs) all right we'll talk soon okay Bye. bye well that's the end of the episode wellness warriors i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did please rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're on be sure to subscribe and follow it too I hope this episode has inspired menstruating listeners to consider different products that are not only best for you, but best for the environment as well. I also hope that this conversation has inspired you to have your own conversation with people you trust and love about your feminine health and your reproductive health because the only way that we can actually enact change in this department is to remove the stigma about talking about our periods and our bodies. Just like Dom said, we need to remove the stigma from this conversation. Listeners, if you'd like to try OI products for yourself, or if you're already a fan of OI, like I am, you can enjoy 20% off their entire site for the entire month of May, which I think is kind of awesome. I will be taking advantage of it, that's for sure. If you go to oiforme.com and at checkout, use the code ajones 20 it'll automatically take 20% off your entire total and you can get it shipped to your house, which in this time is very needed. One more time, that's ajones20 at oiforme.com. I want to thank Dom again for sharing her story and sharing her journey with me and by extension you, the listeners. Last but most certainly not least, I would like to say thank you to Organic Initiative. (laughs) Oi! Never get tired of doing that. But thank you for reaching out to me and for recognizing that our missions align and for giving me this opportunity to use my platform to spread the word and help educate others. It's exactly what this podcast was created to do. So thank you so much. I'll be back next week with your weekly OM. But until then, be brave, be light, be well.